Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of DM Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my rabbit folk, Ben Bumhoffer. Oh, hello there! I thought uh, that this episode was going to be a little late for a very important date, and I was correct. Because usually we, we uh, release on a Wednesday, or a Monday. I, well, I, I, I was pulling Solomon Grundy for a second there with releasing on a Wednesday. But uh, no, this one's coming out on Tuesday because, well, it's being Schedules. edited and putting right back into to distribute tonight. So, yep. woohoo! Yeah, this is very fresh. Very fresh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes adult schedules just do not work out. Yeah, it happens. It, it happens. happens. It happens. But we've got, uh, we've got several things to talk about. We've got an email question we're going to cover. And then we have a ton of new wizards of the coast announced D D announcements that we're going to cover maybe speculate yes. on a little bit uh new unearthed arcana to go over mm-hmm. and then uh we also have some very interesting things that we have done in our games well uh, hopefully so, interesting I hopefully mean, interesting we think they are that doesn't necessarily mean that they actually are but I, uh i i think they are <laughs> well i hope so <laughs> i hope so too uh, the it's uh, some different ones some some very different ones than usual tonight exactly i'm looking forward to it so i'm excited uh but let's let's start off with the new wizards announcements we got not one but two books which was surprising mm-hmm, that have that have been announced uh one i believe in september and one in november uh, coming out the first one is the wild beyond the Witchlight. Yep. September and, 21st. Yes. And this is a, a, an adventure, a Feywild adventure, which, okay, it'll probably be pretty cool. And, and we probably did be, our source book with it. Yeah. I, I, it'll, it'll probably have some Feywild stuff. It'll probably have some new monsters and, and whatnot. I was hoping for the source book. Yeah, I mean, in theory, the, this could also include like the the rabbit folk, the owl folk, um, the the pixies and the fairies, which we you know, very true on Earth Arcana already. Yeah, so very true. hopefully that 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 pulls it into, you know, full. Uh, well, I, canon's not the right word, but uh, proper play. What do you call that? <laughs> um, official. Official. There we go. Yeah, official content. Official. Wow, content. that's such a hard word to remember. I I, know, right? I, I can see why I did. Uh, the cover is beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love this cover. There's like a, a car- very carnival-type theme going on. Uh, but uh, D&D Live, which is another event uh, that is coming up very soon, mm-hmm. is going to be on July 16th and 17th. They're going to be streaming that, and they're going to be announcing a ton of stuff there. And so this, one of the, like the, the big reveal of the wild beyond the witch light, um, their big adventure and probably like the level ranges and all that stuff will probably be announced during that D and D live 2021. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, so far I haven't really run any, um, you know, adventure content that that's been put out, you know, since, you know, we mostly uh, DM uh, homebrew stuff. But one of the things I like about every single sort of adventure guide or source book or whatever that comes out, it just g- gives me more stuff that I can use in my playground. 
And oh yeah, very much so. I mean, I would love to take a trip to the Feywild if my players uh, decide to do that. In fact, um, there will be some breadcrumbs going towards it at some point. Um, so anything that can you know help give me some extra ideas other than hey, the Feywild or the Feywild is crazy and everything wants to kill you there. Um, you know, it just gives a, a little bit more flavor than that. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I, even even though it's not the source book, maybe we'll get one eventually. That'd be great. But yeah, it would be it would be super nice. Um, but it should have a lot of really cool stuff with it. So I will probably be picking that up just for all the extras. Because like you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that Feywild Unearthed Arcana becomes official yeah. as that as that book goes live. Um, and secondly, they announced another book. And usually they don't announce like two books at the same time. But this book had to be announced early <laughs> due to the <laughs> Mages of Strixhaven Unearthed Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> that came out about the same time. Um, Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos is an upcoming D and D release set in the magic, the gathering world of Strixhaven. Um, this will be a setting book. So it'll have, you know, the new character options, monsters, mechanics, story hooks, all that type of stuff that comes in a full on setting book. And we're also going to get to find out more about that during D and D live uh, on the 16th and 17th of July as well. Yeah. And that is coming out November 16th. Yeah. Now, have you played a lot of magic? I haven't. It's, it's actually on the docket. I've got some friends who I I've got a date to learn a little bit of, of Magic the Gathering. It's, it's something that I've always known about, but it's just not something uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've played. I was, I was very big. Uh, my childhood was all Pokemon. Ah, gotcha. Pokemon card collecting, Pokemon card playing, uh, and then uh, some Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. That was, that was, that was kind of, those are like my two big, big card games. Yeah, I was never into any CCGs just because I was broke. So I never had the option of really, you know, getting, going in, getting packs, building decks. Um, I have played in officially two games of magic in my entire life. And they were basically some friends of mine at lunch at high school were all, Hey, I made this new, awesome, really cool deck. I want to play it against somebody. Here are these extra cards I had left over. Just play. So I said, okay. And in both cases, I beat them. So I know enough to like oh, well, you tap <laughs> things and then you can use these things to block. And like, that's kind of the extent of my magical awareness. So I beat you with your leftover cards. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, to be honest, it was definitely the luck of the draw on some of the stuff that I got. So I'm, you know, not saying that I have any sort of like savant sort of skill or anything like that. Uh, I doubt it can happen a third time. Well, but, I know, I know if you want to get into it, it's, like easier and and cheaper and more accessible than ever because they have magic the gathering arena online Mm -hmm. right that's like on i believe it's pc and mobile now that you can just go on and start your thing just like hearthstone or any of those other card battlers yeah i probably won't though i've I've just never been a big fan of of uh, like ccgs or tcgs or whatever yeah i if i'm gonna do those i want to do them in person yeah exactly 
I think that's that that's more my stipulation. Like I enjoy, I definitely enjoy those types of games, but I don't necessarily like like the Hearthstone type thing. I don't necessarily enjoy that. I'd rather be playing with someone across the table. Yeah, and I mean the thing is is I don't play a lot of Hearthstone either, but I have been to some uh like fireside gatherings for that and playing with someone across the table when you're both on your phone is really cool. Like I I'd like that a lot. Uh, but, you know, you just have to make sure that you're, you know, find the actual places where those are, are happening and stuff, which can be a lot of fun. Um, that being said, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about uh, getting together and collecting things and playing against each other, Pogs are another fad that I never got into. But I just need to bring it up because if we're talking about collecting stuff, Pogs just, it, it has to enter in the conversation. I remember those. A big part of why, I, I still don't get them. But you know what? It's cool. Anyways, um, so the reason I was asking <laughs> how mages with magic, <laughs> yeah, is, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm excited to, to have a new setting because, you know, without a whole lot of knowledge of magic and like, I don't know how much story is involved in the actual CCG or, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of lore. I think there's book series uh, that, you know, have built it up and everything. Um, just some of the stuff that I've seen from D&D from, you know, uh, uh, a curriculum of chaos is looking really cool and incredibly interesting. It's adding a different sort of dynamic that I didn't think, you know, wizards was going to be putting in at any time soon. Well, I mean, we are how many years into five E now? Like, yeah, true. But six or something like that. It's we're, we're quite a few years into five E and like you just mentioned in this mages of Strixhaven on earth arcana and we'll have a link to it in our, our show mm-hmm. notes so you can go because we're not gonna just read it <laughs> read word it all for word yeah yeah <laughs> um no this is it's a very interesting um thing that they're just continuing to tweak and toy and introduce brand new mechanical things into 5e and i feel mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways with like this book release schedule because they uh, we we talked about um a little while ago how they were upping their their book release schedule uh on a yearly basis a little bit but how just from their financials and from their like their shareholder presentations and everything D has never done better mm-hmm. and it's never <laughs> done better like several years in a row yeah, it's continuing to grow, actually, with fifth edition, uh, more so than they've seen any other edition in the in in the past, and you know a lot of it's con- attributed to you know streaming and people are are really kind of able to to see and experience things that way. Um, plus, you know, I, I'll just keep saying this: I think fifth edition has been the most accessible version that they've had so far. Oh, completely. So completely. It, it really is growing so much. So the fact that they're 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 pushing out more content is luckily something that i don't think we're going to be like you know like getting too much well and continuing to just tweak like mechanical design mm-hmm. oh exactly there's anything like uh mages of strixhaven introduces subclasses that can be taken by multiple classes which is yeah. brand new brand new really cool and exciting with some of the stuff that they that they can do with that in fact uh, do you just want to kind of jump in and talk about some of it yeah yeah go ahead yeah Take so 
Okay. Um, the, the neatest thing about it is, like, like you said, the, the different colleges um, really kind of play off of strengths of certain magic types. So here's the caveat. You need to be a caster of some sort to have this as a subtype. Like you can't be a fighter and uh, using one of these subclasses. It's not designed that way. Um, but there are, what, five, five different colleges that they have? And the neat thing yes. about it is, is that, so you choose your subclass and the different uh, like class features that you would get or subclass features that you would get, it's variant on when you would get that subclass at your specific level. So like um, a certain subclass for say, let's see, Lorehold, uh, the lore, Mage of Lorehold, um, Bards and Wizards get that same subclass, um, but the Bard wouldn't get their you know, subclass thing until level three, whereas the wizard gets it at level one and same deal, like as you level up, you know, whenever you get that subclass thing, your main class gets it whenever you're no, you're, you normally would get your subclass. And I realized I just said class a whole bunch in like three sentences, but it's an interesting way that they can kind of integrate this design without mm -hmm. completely messing up how they've, basically authored each class and their milestones exactly of, of their subclass and so they can just say uh level one plus of this gets this um and if you're level six plus of this which means it'll hit at six or whenever the feature normally hits for the class afterwards is how i understand it yeah and there's, there's some super interesting things like the, I love the Mage of Lorehold. So this is like Bard, Warlock, Wizard subclass. And they Which get sounds this, like a weird combination. It, it is, but they, it's all, they're all about like calling on like the spirits of the ancient dead. They can animate the stone statues. And it, what's really cool about it is I, I like that you can animate this, um, the stone statue as a type like a healer or a mm -hmm. damage or a warrior or a well, sage or healer or warrior so that you can just have this companion kind of almost have be a, a filler for your group super cool definitely and then it just improves as you as you level yeah and it's one of the those neat things where it's like okay well it I mean, looking story-wise on it, Lorehold, you know, you're looking at things, you know, something from the past, ancient spirits, that totally works with the bard, you know, telling stories about things from the past and everything. Works with the wizard, you know, studying things that previously came out. Works with war, a warlock for, you know, having some sort of patron who's doing, you know, giving you this knowledge and abilities and stuff. It, it's versatile in that way that really adds so much more to customization in the different classes that you can pick. And I think that's definitely one of the, the biggest strengths of, of uh, um, the, this, uh, you know, this uh, source book. Yeah, no, that's, they've even got like a, a mage of Witherbloom that the wizard can't even be. Mm -hmm. Like this is like a warlock druid subclass, which is, which is super interesting. And it's like, because from what I understand about Strixhaven, it's, a, it's this magical school that has all these different, um, what's the word? Societies? Specialties? Specialties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clicks. Um, which <laughs> which allows- You've got the nerds, you've got the- 
That's right. That's right. Um, the the people who like plants. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Um, those people. But they're all mages, mm-hmm. and so it it kind of lets you fulfill this this particular fantasy with most classes. Like it doesn't it doesn't cover all the classes, but many of the classes are covered in, as a mage in this unearthed arcana, which mm-hmm. is, which is really cool. And I could very much see, especially when the source book comes out, uh, you know, entire campaigns based around this magical school. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you, you point out one, one that I think is actually really cool is the mage of Quandrix. Uh, that's for so- sorcerer and wizard, and it's all based on magic and math going hand in hand. And like a lot of this neat stuff uh, that's in there is like you know it has to do with like okay, so your your different equations and stuff are giving you different probabilities of of things that can happen. Um, you can actually you know if I'm reading this correctly, kind of uh, buff or or uh, nerf some things based on your functions of probability that you get. Um, there's something called the null equation. And you can just like nerf people that way. There's quantum tunneling. I mean, it's just really cool that, yeah, wizards are the nerd class of, of D&D anyway, but you can like up that into being like a total math nerd. But even more so, I love that it extends to sorcerers as well because, you know, sorcerers are, you know, innately magical. But imagine like being a sorcerer, but fine tuning it in a way that, you know, wizards usually do and being able to kind of focus and harness it, moving you in this sort of direction. So it, again, just adds another layer on top of being an already magical being, which I think is really cool. I love this. Yeah, no, I'm, it, it's, it's made me very excited for the source book, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I think this is, the, this is uh, from just a 5e design perspective. It's very unique, and I love to see them still tinkering and toying with different design things and i hope to see more stuff like this because i mean as as we've been talking about 5e has a lot of life oh, potentially yeah. left in it and i think just the the way they're they're kind of going for things and the way they're they're pushing things i i don't see it being replaced as an addition for potentially some time hopefully because why would you replace something that is still growing year over year over year over year exactly we haven't we haven't even hit the peak much less the several years of slow slowdown right Mm -hmm. and so I, i like that they are still experimenting within 5e itself but allowing it to broaden its mechanics yeah and the thing that that's neat too and i think this uh this source book more than any others that have come out really kind of highlights this um way back when like one of the things that got me into D in the first place was listening to uh acquisitions incorporated like forever ago the very first session that penny arcade did and Chris Perkins was there. He was actually the DM and they went in, and did their, their adventure and is hysterical and, you know, a lot of fun and, and, and all that. Well, you know, a couple of years went by. This was back in fourth edition. And then they jumped into a fifth edition version. And Chris was actually talking to them about, you know, the differences between fourth and fifth edition. And they're just like, okay, well, um, 
uh, I forget who's Mike and who's Jerry, but whatever. Anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, whoever's playing um, Omen, uh, he's the cleric. They were going through and actually creating his you know new character in the fifth edition rules. And when they came to, it's like, okay, well, I'm a cleric. Okay, well, what kind of cleric did you want to be? Like, what? how were you kind of imagining yourself being in this? And all of a sudden, like, you can just kind of hear, like, the world of possibilities opened up where it's like, I'm not falling into the stereotype. And the fact that they have, you know, different types and subclasses and stuff, obviously, we've talked about that a bunch already in just previous episodes. But, like, this really seems to be, like, the tipping point into something so much greater because they're not just taking, okay, well, clerics can be this. They're, they're moving into your character can be this as opposed to, you know, being completely strict on where you're going. And the customization in that is really neat. I hope that it, it brings so much more into like being able to homebrew more stuff, you know, being able to really kind of look at things, picking and choosing creatively, um, creating more of what you can do as a character. No, I think, I think that's spot on. I am, I'm very excited to see this kind of design work. And like I said, I hope, I hope we get more, but definitely check out the Unearthed Arcana. It's a long one. Uh, there's quite a bit of stuff in it, but it is really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it'll spark some ideas uh, for creative characters. Yeah, exactly. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And then finally, uh, from the head of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I had a little tweet thread that goes, as I've mentioned on a couple of occasions, there are two more products that revive classic settings currently in production right now. The manuscript for the first overseen by Chris Perkins is nearly complete and the work on the second led by uh, F. Wesley Schneider and I might butcher these names, Ari Levitch. Seems, seems about right, is just ramping up in earnest. Both are targeting 2022 and formats you've never seen before. In addition to these two titles, we have two brand new D&D settings in early development, as well as a return to a setting we've already covered. No, these are not Magic the Gathering Worlds. As I mentioned in our dev blog post, we developed more material than we published, so it's possible one or more of these last three won't reach production. But as of right now, they're all looking great. So, like... That's a, that's a lot of settings. Like, I don't yeah. know if the first two will necessarily be settings books, but he said there are two products that revive classic settings. Um, so those first two might be, they might be adventures potentially, or it might be a, um, like uh, Morgan Cain's or a Xanathar's or a Tasha's type book that introduces you know usually introduces the new rules and mechanics and and stuff like that uh, and then he just goes we've got three settings books in development and two of them are brand new D settings and i don't and i don't know like super in-depth D history but i feel like that's probably not super common yeah, I mean, like, well, first of all, we we got uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, which was really great, which was, you know, the, the critical role campaign for the Mighty Nine. Um, we're getting Magic the Gathering being pulled in. Like, I'm really excited about just, you know, 
other things or maybe more like homebrewed uh, worlds being brought in. Like the, the world from the dungeon run would be really cool to bring that in with, you know, all the, the, the Titans and stuff that they have. I mean, if they're really pulling things from the outside as well as, you know, reviving some new or old stuff that, you know, all these new players have never seen before. That's just a treasure trove of just new content for everybody to experience. Even people who've been playing since first edition, if they're bringing it like a, a, a campaign setting back or something, they get to, you know, revisit or see an updated version of the world, you know, maybe playing something that they haven't played in, in years. And it's a really cool thing that, you know, it's just, again, more is better right now. And I'm loving all this new stuff that's coming. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's the, that's kind of the, the way they're looking at it is fifth edition has gotten so big and there are so many players, they can actually now afford to develop more niche books Mm -hmm. and still do well because not every book needs to necessarily target every player. Exactly. Like there's like they they'll have a cadence and we might've already gotten to it where I'm just not going to buy everything because I don't need it or I'm not interested or I don't want it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but we've gotten to the point and their base is big enough now that they can do that. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's not a big deal because there will inevitably be some of those that I do like and I do get. Um, so they don't necessarily, that I think allows so much more creative freedom because all of a sudden it's just not like we have to have everyone buy each of the books we released this year mm-hmm. to, to make good money. It's no, the Dungeons and Dragons is like 50 million people or whatever. Yeah, we only need only 10% of them did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. We only need X, X percent to, to buy a book, to make it successful now. Mm-hmm. Then that's, that's a huge deal because then all of a sudden that really opens the creative freedom of, of these books. So well, I think on, that excites me on top of that too, just the, the partnership that they have with D and D beyond helps a lot as well, because while I might not have a physical copy of every book, I have the digital version of them all so that I have access to everything. And I mean, it's not like, now granted, we don't know for sure, but I would highly doubt that every single penny of that goes to D&D Beyond. You know, they're licensing the, the, the books, the information and everything. I mean, it, it's still helping overall if you're, you know, just getting them that way. If you're buying the books physically, whatever you're doing, I mean, just, you know, don't, don't pirate it because that doesn't support the thing that you love, but you know, having access to digital versions are cheaper. Yeah, exactly. 20 bucks cheaper in the very least, but it's that accessibility and everything that's just helping overall. So yay. I'm again, super happy with everything that's going on right now. Yeah, no, I think, I think they've really, really hit their stride and they they're doing doing quite a bit and hope to see that continue. Yeah, exactly. All right. Jumping. That was a lot of announcements and we will probably <laughs> have more uh, once D and D live 2021 happens. I, I will definitely be watching that. They usually have some really great stream games and of course uh, lots of product announcements. And especially this year, we're getting all sorts of stuff. We've got video games 
coming. We've got other like media tie-ins. We've got at least two books. Yeah, that are doesn't Dark Alliance come out tomorrow? Before. Yep, Dark Alliance does come out. Uh, well, the twenty-second. Just in case you're not listening to this on the twenty-second. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that. I think that's available on like you know Epic and Steam, and it's it's on Game Pass. It's on console. It's on Game Pass. It is on Game Pass, which means <laughs> we're gonna be playing some Dark Alliance. It means we're downloading that right now. Uh-huh, just get that free <laughs> download gun. While we move on to our email question, uh, so Tony sent us uh, a really, really great email with a with a great story. So thank you so much, Tony, for the story. It was it was fun to read. It's very long. We're not going <laughs> to read the entirety of it, but Tony did have a question um, that we'll talk a little bit about, and it is, what do you think about a warlock gaining their powers from a god? Not that they worship the deity. They made a deal just like any other warlock. This simultaneously makes me think of Kratos from the God of War series and Bruce from Bruce Almighty. What do you mm-hmm. think of that, Ben? I think it's very cool. Uh, first of all, I'm all for, um, you know, just creative deities or, you know, uh, deal brokers or whatever you want to call them uh, when it comes to warlocks. Now, granted, there's a lot of different types of warlocks already available in game. So just adding another one in there like this, you know, is really cool. I mean, essentially, you just need a thing that is more powerful than your character. And then there you go. Warlock packed. So, um, you know, tailoring it to, you know, some sort of deity, whether it's, you know, something that's actually in um, like normal Dungeons and Dragons pantheons. Um, somewhere else, uh, you know, a homebrew deity, you know, anything like that, I think is great. I am all for this. And I love the idea of Kratos being a warlock now, like total Hexblade warlock. This is fantastic. I want to replay through the game (laughs) with that in mind. I'm actually happy about this. Um, And, you know, we got more to talk about that on this, but Ryan, what what are your thoughts on it? Uh, You know, it's, do you think that this is actually not not only a viable uh, warlock packed option, but uh, something that that you would like to play yourself? Oh, this is this is for sure a viable warlock packed option. Um, there's a lot of really interesting lore and backstory you could do with that um, because we know like normal warlock patrons why. They, they make these deals. Usually it's for power. Usually it's for mutual benefit and whatnot. Why would a God do this? Why would a God want someone who is not a cleric, who is not like a direct worshiper of them? Uh, and so filling in that blank could make for some incredibly interesting story. Maybe the God has a secondary agenda that they need completed but they don't want to be associated with it, i.e. follower, worshiper, cleric. Mm -hmm. And so they strike a side deal with Joe Warlock and give them power without that person directly worshiping them or being Mm -hmm. part of their, you know, religious group. Like off the top of my head, I'm thinking like some sort of holy uh, bounty hunter, 
you know, you don't exactly believe in the deity or worship them or anything, but they're giving you the tools to get the job done. Power's good, pays good. <laughs> exactly. I know Constantine kind of comes to mind from the DC universe. Yeah, yeah. Because Constantine didn't really, doesn't really necessarily believe or worship any of that stuff. He just he knows know- it exists. He knows it exists and he knows he's got got a job to do and you know not let certain things be terrible <laughs> or, or 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 wreck people or or whatever and so he he does what he needs to do mm-hmm. i think that's a super great example and something you could certainly model a character after because again some of the best character concepts can come from you know just media mm-hmm Oh yeah, definitely. Now um, I went through and I did look at a, a bunch of the different Warlock patrons and uh, you know, just kind of things that they have uh, available already. And if you were going, you know, real pure, like say God entity, you could kind of model it after the celestial pact, which um, the idea behind it is that it is a powerful being from the upper plane. So, you know, like a, a solar or some sort of Empyrean or something along those lines, but nothing stopping you from elevating it up even more and actually uh, becoming an actual deity offering the pact in the first place. And I mean, on top of that too, really, if you think about it, almost any of the warlock packs themselves could work with this, depending on, you know, how you theme your God or whatever you're actually going for, going towards. Well, not only that, traditionally, cleric deity relationships are kind of distant. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not always the case. You know, there's, there's always different things going on. But traditionally, clerics don't necessarily have one-on-one conversations with their, with their deity. Um, jester, notwithstanding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, but that's why I, a lot of people, I think, like that type of type of thing because it's it's something that's not super common Mm -hmm. now warlocks and their patrons usually have a much closer relationship one that there's active you know talking going on or active communication in some way because a pact is different than worship and so this this could be a great opportunity if you do something like this to make that God have more of a presence or more of a character uh, via a warlock pack than maybe a cleric. Yeah. And the neat thing about it too is that um, depending on how you want to go, out, go about the pact, I mean, you can do anything from, okay, well, this is essentially the warlock. He's leasing a car. Uh, speaking to the God, you know, they're going over the details of the contract and kind of figuring out what's going on with that. Um, You could have the God coming in for payments. I mean, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, some sort of tithing sort of thing, but, but an actual like, Hey, you haven't fulfilled this part of, of the deal. Give me something or, you know, going around the other way. A lot of it really does come into play with, you know, what deity are you using? How are you going to play? I mean, is it going to be a benevolent D and D D deity? Yes, <laughs> I benevolent D and D. Yeah, is it going to be a benevolent deity who does have that dark side? Like, do they? Are they? You know, like, can you imagine if uh, we're using the 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 Viking pantheon and your deity that you're 
you know, packed with is Loki. Like, what sort of weird, twisted things is is the god of mischief actually doing with you? Um, you know, what are what sort of tool or instrument are you are you to them uh, versus you know something completely straightforward like. Zeus, he just wants you to, I don't know, bring him a concubine every three months and you still get your powers or something. You know, it's like the, figure out kind of what that pact would yeah. be. What's the what deal? It would entail. Yeah, exactly. What's the deal. And based on that, I mean, the whole world is just opened up at that point to really kind of creatively fill, fill in those gaps for what you need to do for it. Like, I'm starting to like this idea so much that I, I mean, I never really wanted to play a warlock because, you know, warlock is Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast, but I'm liking the RP on it a lot more, especially like deep diving into this whole thought process behind it. I could probably find something I'd like there. I think, I think as a DM, it would be incredibly fun. Oh yeah. To do something, something like this, because usually patrons are just, powerful beings but they're not deific Mm -hmm. and so that's a whole different level and a whole different thought process from like a dm perspective than than a normal quote-unquote patron exactly yeah great idea tony thank you so much for sending (laughs) that in it was fun to kind of workshop it (laughs) that's a great idea that we who knows (laughs) next plus five to hit uh, interlude we'll see what ben decides to play (laughs) yep yep that could be that could be a fun one um and speaking of playing uh let's talk a little bit uh before we go about all the stuff that we've been doing i know you (laughs) had some really uh interesting stuff happened to your party this last session (laughs) yeah so um if uh, you recall at the very end of the the previous session that we've talked about um two members of the caravan had been kidnapped uh ted theodore teddings which the party hated and uh dean deep delver the the head of the mining guild which you know he was a cool guy he was a fan of theirs um (laughs) the biggest reason that i had both of them kidnapped was because I didn't know that they would try and go and save just Ted by himself. It's a possibility. You never know. Um, you gotta, you gotta make sure the carrot is big enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured they would anyway, because our, our cleric is a very good upstanding, you know, kind of guy, but just in, just in case I wanted to add that, that extra little bit on there. <laughs> um, so, you know, they went tracking uh, into the Everwilds took them a good like four hours until they stumbled upon a clearing and in the clearing there is this cabin and then like a a side kind of like storage room off to the side as well and there's bear traps all over the place which they rolled high enough and spotted a bunch of bear traps all over the ground so the idea was okay are they in the shed are they in the cabin not sure before they set off they scried and they knew that they were in some sort of building so they decided to go ahead and try the cabin. So they went and tried the cabin, opened it up, and then these horrible looking, I guess, creature, like humanoid creatures started attacking them. They were just completely covered in blood. And they had like this, this evil smile on their face as they were going after them. They were never making a sound. Even when like they would get hit with like, you know, swords or hammers or whatever, never made a sound. And they just kept staring just like evilly in their eyes. So we had, went through, we did this fight. 
there were three of these things. Um, I mean, they had a knife, they had an ax, and they were also like cannibalistic. So they would bite. And if, you know, the bite hits, they would heal back that damage. So the fight lasted a little while because they were biting a whole lot. And I was actually rolling super well that night too. Like I, I got high roll after high roll. I crit a few times, like, and especially on the bites, which was kind of cool because it's like, oh, wow, they're, they're healing crit back. So we go through, we fight them. Um, first one goes down. I'm like, this is great. Loving this. Second one goes down. They, they did a whole, you know, I did a whole, how do you want to do this? I'm like, okay, well, I, I swing hard and just, I lop its head off. I'm like, okay. And then third one goes down and then combat ends. And everybody takes a couple deep breaths. I'm like, okay, this is good. This is, we're, we're working on this. Party splits up. So the bard and the cleric go into the shed and they find Ted and Dane in there. Um, Ted is, is missing a leg. Uh, he oh, actually had no. it. Yeah. Um, had it cut off. Totally cauterized. Like not pretty, but you know, he's not going to bleed out. Um, the, the paladin and the sorcerer, they go into the cabin and over an open fire is a roasting leg. And... <laughs> Um, so they're kind of seeing this, horrified what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the bar's just kind of outside, just kind of looking around. And one of the creatures stands back up. And then a second one stands back up. And then fight starts again. It was a surprise, to say the least. So all of a sudden, the bard screams like, they're getting back up. And then so the paladin <laughs> and, the, and the sorcerer are running back out. And, you know, combat continues and they fight some more. Um, they noticed that the second one whose head came off didn't come back up. So they're like, okay, at this point we kill him. We got to cut the heads off. We're done. And so we, the, the fight happened it longer. Like it was actually balanced really well. Everybody was kind of taking some damage. Um, I was actually really proud of the encounter and, and how I ran it. And I had a ton of fun with it. Um, everybody else did too, because it was, you know, kind of challenging and there are these really creepy things and didn't know what was going on with them. So then, ended up killing all three and then they started making their way back to camp once they, you know, saved Ted and uh, Dane. So then once we were all done and everybody said, Oh, that was really cool. These are neat monsters. Like they kept saying, are they zombies? Are they this? Are they that? I'm like, I'll tell you when we're done. So then I put a link in our discord that is a link to the music video of Shia LaBeouf by Rob Cantor, which if you have not seen or heard, uh, we'll have a link in the notes. But it's a fantastic song all about the actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. And I found a stat block years ago, just randomly on, on Twitter. Someone posted it and they're like, oh, this is funny. And I'm like, at some point, I want to put these in my game because it's hysterical. Plus, they seem like cool creatures to use. So I didn't end up using the stat block that I saw from years ago. I actually went on D&D Beyond and looked under Homebrew. There's actually a few different versions on there. I found the one that I liked that I think fit really well. Use that, which I'll also have a link in the show notes to that. And uh, what do you know? They killed three actual cannibal Shia LaBeoufs and it was a fantastic encounter. We had a ton of fun with it. Like it's one of the most fun times that I've had playing. Well, I mean, the previous one to that was the dragon, which I had a ton of fun with. So like, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Everwilds and 
To be fair, I didn't create the Everwilds just so I can have this encounter. But when I made the Everwilds, I knew that they would be living in it. So had a lot of fun uh, with that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I've I've had I've had a someone use that stat block against <laughs> against a group I was playing in as well. It's it's a really funny, unexpected <laughs> stat exactly. block. And so you need to listen to the song and then check out the stat block to see what the abilities are and stuff. It's 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 absolutely hysterical. Makes it's a great. lot more sense then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, I we had a ton of fun. Good. And uh looks like there's probably one, maybe two more sessions before they're finally out of the Everwilds and uh, they make it to trade more. So I'm looking forward to uh when that happens. With lots and lots of money. Oh yeah. They have a ton of money. But and one less leg. I- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah i mean you know when they get to trade more like i've said before if you can't trade find it in trade more it doesn't exist yeah are you prepared for that no i have so much, <laughs> so much work i need to do on that but uh, i've got some of the shops down we've got uh personas kind of set up for some of the things um i still need to finalize some of the stuff for when they get there but i've got ideas on stuff i'll probably talk to you a little bit about it to try to smooth things out and, and really kind of figure out a, a plot point that I'm really having a hard time with. We'll workshop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what about you? I know that you had an incredibly interesting game over the weekend that I am dying to hear about. It was, it was super interesting. So um, my, my first campaign has been on hiatus for a while because schedules um, we've still got several weeks before we get back together and we'll be doing a, uh, a downtime, a large downtime session. Cause we just had that massive eight hour session yeah. <laughs> where they, where they stopped. Uh, yeah. The, the avatar of the blood God. So it, I mean, that's, that's going to be hard to top for, for a while. So we're, we're doing a downtime session. That's a few months uh, worth of in-game time. And ironically, a few months of out of game time as well. <laughs> as well um so i'm slowly kind of gathering that up and kind of getting from the different characters what they want to do uh but in the meantime Mm -hmm. my my second group uh we usually play roughly every other week and we hit uh, a really good kind of interlude point and i knew we weren't going to be able to meet in person and i wanted the next session to be in person because there's a lot of cool stuff AKA minis that I want to use. <laughs> yeah. When it, when it comes down to that, I totally get it. It's like, you need to see those. Yeah. And we were at a, we were at a good kind of like break point anyways. So uh, it, it, it worked out. Gotcha. Um, but I was, I was kind of toying with, uh, I was like, okay, we'll do, we'll do a one shot. We'll do a one shot. So go ahead and make, make some level five characters, you know, uh, whatever you want, just play around with them. Um, because it's just a one shot, so it'll, we'll just have fun. Um, and I was going to run a, a traditional module from one of the Arcadia magazines, actually. And a few days before, I kind of got this idea in my head that, that wouldn't go away. And it was just like, what if they were just an adventuring group that freed a genie? 
who gave them wishes. <laughs> what if? I mean, you know, whatever. What would happen? Like, it's, and so it's interesting because I, I shared my, uh, my session notes with you. And it's basically like four sentences about kind of the, the setup. So I wanted, it, I wanted it to be kind of half traditional, half non-traditional, because I knew that uh, once, we, once we hit the wishes, you know, who knows, like, if we would go in real time, if it would just turn into like an epilogue <laughs> type thing. Or, yeah, you have no idea. Uh, so I kind of introed them as they, they were chasing down this treasure. They had gotten this, this key, this golden gem encrusted key. They had tracked down the chest it went to. It's in this warehouse in the forest being guarded by these mercenaries, um, which allowed them to actually use their characters their, to do a little bit of RP, to do some combat. So there was five or six mercenaries that they ended up fighting. Um, so that they actually, you know, got to try out their characters and because that's part of one shots, right. Is getting to yeah, try exactly. something else new. So I didn't want to do something. It was just like, you don't get to play your characters or <laughs> be able to fight <laughs> with your characters, characters at all. So I wanted to, I, I, I really liked how that worked out because I wanted kind of a traditional thing at front. Once they got in though, and they opened the chest, this genie popped out. Uh, and gave the party three wishes uh, as kind That's of a thank so you. So crazy! <laughs> and so it, it, it's one of those things. It's this this one shot, and I don't know. I would I would probably run it again. Um, and I I think that I would always make the amount of wishes that the party was given less than the number of people in the party. Ooh, yeah. Because I don't want, I, I didn't want a, uh, okay, each person gets a wish type thing. I wanted it to be a little more, a little more thought provoking. And it's, it, it turned into really a very like psychological, philosophical type session, type discussion in the, in the, the second half. Cause it's funny, like the, the party agonized over what they were going to do for a good, good hour plus as they kind of went back and forth on what they wanted to do and could they, could they use them to like uh, work together or what is the optimal, you know, amount of things that they could get out of three, <laughs> three yeah, wishes. Exactly. It was interesting going back and forth because I, I kind of talked to him a little bit at the end. Uh, and this party, at least, was very much like we're going to talk it through and whatever and then have one person, you know, say the answer. And it's interesting because literally anything could have happened. Like when you're, when you're talking about wishes, like literally any one of them could have just shouted something out and that would have been one of the wishes. Without without anybody else's consent, I've he, seen that so, on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because he gave them to them all, and so I knew that was a possibility. And uh, my wife, who plays one of the characters uh, in the second campaign, plays one of my players in the second campaign, said afterwards, "It's like I almost, I almost said, I wish the other four people didn't exist." <laughs> and then I could have gotten the other two wishes. 
Oh man. But I didn't do it just for the the fun of the game. And I was like, don't don't worry about that. That's on me to keep them engaged and interacting in some way, depending on how the wish worked. Mm-hmm. Uh if you did something like that, but it, it was, again, it was an interesting thought process, right? It's the, it's like the philosophical discussion of none of them actually did it, but that was certainly a possibility oh, that definitely. could have happened uh, is one of them basically just shouting out and taking over all three, wishing the others out of existence <laughs> and then doing whatever. Um, there was a whole discussion on like immortality and was that something worth doing? Uh, because that's, and the, the, the genie even, uh, and I made the genie very transparent in, in a, I'm not trying to cheat you. You know, I'm not trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, all I do is grant the wish that, that I just, I just click the magic. Yeah. And then what happens happens. It's not, I'm not, it's not, the, the genie wasn't vengeful. The genie wasn't, you know. Well, he was thankful uh, good that, that he got let out. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when wish happens, just depending on how they say it, the magic happens. It's not like he's going to try and interpret it bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of my, my like view on wishes is what happens, happens. And it's the magic just does, right? It's not... The, the magic doesn't have a, an alignment, yeah. if that makes sense. And so, uh, interestingly, so they, they ended up wishing for a bag of holding with endless platinum. So endless yeah. money. Good call, good call. Um, that they could not be damaged. Oh, there you go. So that they can still die of old age. And that they were... Um, and that basically they could not, they could not die, be captured or contained or, or removed from the plane of existence without their consent. Uh, and they worked in a, 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 like a little caveat unless they wanted to. So they could choose to die or choose yeah. to be able to die if they wanted to. And so, um, it, it was an interesting thing. So then basically I had them roll a D20 to kind of determine uh, the epilogue, like good, good, bad, whatever. Um, and basically the narration ended up being, they couldn't, they couldn't be damaged. So the first, you know, several years was, was good. They got unlimited money. They can't be killed. Um, they can't, you know, they can't be trapped. They can't die, whatever. That's great. Um, but unfortunately, they still aged. Oh. And so there was ranging from like tiefling, uh, rabbit folk, halfling, you know, uh, bugbear, and then like elf. So you've got like a normal lifespan of 30 ish years to a thousand years, right? Yeah. The problem is, the way the things were worded and the way things were wished for, they still aged. And so eventually, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you have this decrepit body, this horribly aged body that can't die. Yeah. 
unless they want it to. And so as they kind of dawned on them <laughs> that they had like left out this, this crucial detail of their, of their wishing, uh, they, we kind of basically narrated their ends. Like what, what happened to them? <laughs> like, and so it was, it was funny because it was my first, technically my first TPK <laughs> as a DM, but it was a self-inflicted a player self-inflicted TPK. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and so I kind of, we kind of just narrated and went through and it was, again, it's, it's a very just interesting thought experiment. It's just where, where are your values? Where do your values lie? Right. And did you think everything through? Mm-hmm. Um, and think of the, the, the consequences and not of your decision specific decisions um because essentially the way they did it their enemies could eventually just ignore them yeah <laughs> that's true because I mean, you can't really attack and pick up a sword if you're 300 no, years old and no it's no it's like it's no big deal it's no big deal and so yeah it's it, again and that was the like that was the good ending right <laughs> yeah and, like like on the bad side uh, they would have just gotten tricked into uh, a portal to the astral plane. And then basically they're just floating around for all of existence. That no way to get back. Suck. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they got the good <laughs> quote unquote, the good ending um, out of that. But yeah, it was, like I said, it was a very interesting, like philosophical conundrum type thing on the, like the, the back half of what matters most to you mm-hmm. and like how much do you care about other people <laughs> type, type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was, it was super interesting. It was super interesting. It, it worked out really well for the night that we did it um, because it ended up relying on a lot of my creativity <laughs> just to do it. Um, and to find loopholes and, and stuff to kind of yeah, you know, work I mean, with again, yeah. not, not, not to be a jerk, but to, yeah. to work with so that there's yeah. storytelling involved. Exactly. And I mean, the whole spell wish basically says that mm-hmm. in the spell description, like you use it for any of the things that are not listed specifically and other stuff could happen may have unintended or unexpected consequences or side effects or, you know, all sorts of things. It even gives some examples. If you go like, look up the, the five E wish spell. So mm-hmm. it, it, it was interesting. It was fun. It was, it was a different, a very different kind of session than I normally run, but I was, I was pretty, pretty happy with how it turned out. And I think it would be, very interesting to run a similar type of sessions with different groups just to kind of see. Oh yeah. What, what people would do. I'd, I'd love to see it uh, in plus five, just, you know, whatever, whichever characters doesn't matter who I just, I would like to see that debate with that group of people. Yeah. It would, it would certainly be interesting. Maybe, maybe in an interlude. Yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do something like that. That'd be kind of <laughs> just a, a, a literal, like, two hour one shot interlude 
Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't take super long to run. You like first half is combat, and then the second half is kind of just listening mm-hmm. and interspersing as, as the genie. Because uh, the, the genie at the beginning, he was just basically like, "I'll give you three wishes." You know, sky's the limit, divinity, immortality, power, possessions, uh, prestige, food. I, I do make a killer BLT. And then he manifested <laughs> a BLT and just, he proceeded to eat, just continually making different food the entire time. <laughs> and then they were talking. eating it. Yeah. And then he just, yeah, he like made BLTs and ate them. Popcorn and just <laughs> s'mores, <laughs> just all sorts of different. It's, it was just, it was my way of just kind of keeping, keeping some engagement while they were just, chatting back and forth mm-hmm. it was it was funny but yeah it was it was a good time interesting cool. if you any dms if you ever uh are looking for like a one-shot type thing and want a little interlude and kind of want to see where uh where your party's heads are at <laughs> it's certainly an interesting session to run definitely yeah well, um, I think that pretty much kind of covers it for, for this episode. It does. It does. Um, but first, before we go, Ben, you should tell everybody where they can reach us. Oh, I think I will. Uh, now, if you would like to actually uh, reach out to us and everything, you do have a couple ways. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, definitely follow us. Uh, we highly recommend it because otherwise, you know, you have no idea what we're saying. Um, but uh, check us out on Twitter. We are at DN Discussions. Um, if you want to talk to us about, um, you know, something that's, you know, is a, a little bit more longer. Uh, like our friend Tony who reached out uh, via email earlier to er, earlier this week or last week or whichever, whenever it was, um, you can always email us, send those to Dean discussions at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody here, uh, going through reading your stories, seeing what's going on in your campaign. And uh, who knows, we might steal ideas from it. Like, uh, you know, a, a, a warlock who happens to have a deity as a uh, pact yeah. holder. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, if you're looking for us individually, though, you can find uh, Ryan on Twitter. He is at TBKZord. Uh, and if you're looking for me, I'm at Ben Bumhofer. Now, don't forget, plus five to hits. It is a game that we actually play. Uh, we are taking a slight break from Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, we actually just finished up our first arc on that. And uh, we have recorded our very first episode of the level 10, uh, level 10, right? Um, Candlekeep Mysteries uh, session that's going to be playing, or that we're going to be playing for, you know, a few sessions or so before we get back into Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. And I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we have some interesting characters. That's going to be so coming out pretty soon. Definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Check that out. I am I am very happy with my character. I am happy with your character. Like, everybody is we had a, a We had a really great first session of it. And it'll, it'll probably, yes. it'll probably last, I would guess, four or five sessions. Four, maybe five. Yeah, that sounds about right. It'll be our summer content, yeah, probably. But I'm, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited to to continue it. Uh, everyone, everyone just did such a great job, and Jeff, Jeff killed it. Um, we're actually mm-hmm. we're gonna probably have Jeff on once the campaign, the the little interlude wraps up, to kind of uh, talk to him about being a brand new DM 
and yeah. running module stuff. So I'm excited for that too. Me too. So yeah, check out Plus 5 to Hits. Uh, you can find that as well as every single episode of Dean Discussions on your podcast platform of choice. So uh, yeah, until next time, everybody. Uh, have fun playing. Hope you roll well and be good to each other. Take care and we'll see you next time.